0: You're watching KCMI-TV. Well, praise the Lord, saints. Um, I want to talk to you today about the fire of God. And uh, it's, I had read a book not too long ago by Reinhard Bonnke, and uh, it really stirred my spirit. It uh, just kind of sent me off in this direction. Um, I want to start today out of the book of Hebrews. Just read you a short verse, Hebrews chapter 12. And verse 29, it says, for our God is a consuming fire. And so the scripture here very explicitly describes God Almighty. He is a fire. And uh, the fire of God is many things to us. But one of the things that God wants us to be is God needs us to be on fire and the bible describes the church he said the church is the light of the world and this is why <clears throat> um on the day of pentecost god started a fire that has never gone out now if there have been times where the flames have been uh smaller or whatever but the Bible says on the day of Pentecost, suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind and filled all of the house and fire, tongues of fire set upon each believer. And so when God begins to, to do these things, um, the reason God puts fire in us is because it lights us up it does something to us. God is a consuming fire. And I was thinking about this as a reflecting on this podcast. And if, if God is a fire, a fire can't burn unless it has wood on it. If there's nothing to, to put on the fire, then the fire goes out. <clears throat> and I think most of us would would come into agreement that in the last few years in the earth, it seems like the church has has lost its influence. And it could be because too many people became wet wood and the Spirit of God could not set people on fire. And I think that what the Lord is doing in this hour, he's gathering people that he can burn in. If you want God in the earth, then God has to have something that he can burn. And you and I are that by the Spirit of the Lord. And if we are the light of the world, then we make a difference. And one of the reasons it's become so dark in the earth <clears throat> is because there, the church has been dark if the church is not on fire i I had somebody recently uh call me on the phone and they were talking about the church that they were in and they said the pastor had gotten up recently and said we are no longer a pentecostal church we are an interdenominational church well if if you are a book of acts church then you're going to have the fire of god in your house And, you know, you have a lot of people say, well, you know, we want to be careful that we don't have any wildfire. That's just an excuse to exclude God from being in his house because where the Lord leads, he also reigns. And if you allow the spirit of the Lord to rule in your church, you're not going to have wildfire. You're going to have a genuine presence of the Lord. And fire is a weapon. I mean, you go all the way back to to the book of Genesis, And, you know, when the scripture says that the Lord removed Adam and Eve from the garden, he sent angels there to guard the entrance so they couldn't come back in. And what they used, the angels used it, said they had a flaming sword. They had a sword that was on fire. And in this hour, Jeremiah said this, I read this this morning, he said, said, God, he said, I was so disturbed by what I saw. I was so overwhelmed by the sin of Judah and Israel. I just made up my mind I wasn't going to prophesy anymore. And he said, finally, I couldn't restrain myself. He said, your word was like a fire shut up in my bones. And that fire had to be released by the spirit of the Lord. And so... When you go back and uh, when you begin to, to read uh, the Word of God, we know this, that, that, that the fire of God is a weapon. Uh, when you look in the scriptures, fire is something that God is, has always used against the enemy. In fact the Bible says that when the Lord gets ready to permanently take the devil out of circulation he will put him in a lake of fire. And you you think about the early church the reason that God rejected the, the religious system of his day, the temple with all of its beauty and gold and splendor and the history that it had all the way back to Moses and David. And yet the Lord walked away from all of that. Why? Because there was no fire. And even in the tabernacle, there was a fire that had to be kept burning all of the time. And so uh, when the Lord killed Nadab and Abihu, Uh, um, The sons of of Aaron, the Bible said, uh, or Eliezer, I think it was, he said, they offered strange fire. And listen, you can get around strange fire and what it is that the enemy's trying to counterfeit what God's doing. And I've seen some movements over my lifetime in ministry of over 50 years where I have seen some strange fires that people didn't recognize. But it's dangerous to stand around a strange fire. You go back to the New Testament and Peter had walked with Jesus. He had seen Jesus burn brightly. In fact, Jesus's ministry was brought on by another man called John the Baptist. And Jesus said of John the Baptist, he said, he is a burning and a shining light. And how did that happen? God set John the Baptist on fire in the wilderness until he came out of the wilderness, flaming with the power of God. And he said this, he said, though john was a burning and a shining light he was not the fire that was coming and john said this he said i'm not the christ but he said there's one coming after me who is preferred preferred before me and he will do what he will baptize you with the holy ghost and fire When you are on fire, you don't control your own life. You can't build a fire and then say, well, I only want the flames to be so high and I only want them to be at a certain temperature. You don't control that. When God controls your life, when he sets you on fire, he did it on the day of Pentecost. He took 120 that were in an upper room that were depressed and discouraged, didn't even know why they were in the room. They didn't know what the promise was. They're just waiting. But when God set them on fire, The Bible said when this was noised abroad, what happened? The fire of God that hit that room spread out, got out of that room. It got into Jerusalem. And my God, in just a few moments, you have 5,000 people saved one day, 3,000 people saved another day. If you want to change the world, the church has got to be on fire so here you have apostle peter walking with jesus but he was only around the fire it wasn't in him and when jesus was crucified it was it was cold scripture says that and the bible says that instead of peter sticking close to christ that the enemy had built a fire and they're standing around it; they're keeping themselves warm and Peter was by the wrong fire, warming himself at the wrong fire. There's too many believers in this hour that want to warm themselves by a fire that opposes the fires of Pentecost, and it will create failure. Peter thought I was warm, but when the time came for him to be tested, he was standing by the wrong fire. And he could not withstand what the enemy was coming against him with. And the Bible said that he began to deny the Lord Jesus Christ. When, where was he doing that? He was denying Christ by a fire he didn't belong yet. And there's too many believers standing at the wrong fire, a counterfeit fire. Uh, there's one scripture, I think it's in Proverbs 97, it says about God. A fire goeth before him and burneth up all of his enemies. What is God doing in this hour prophetically? I'm telling you that God is gathering men and women, that there is a breath of God that's getting ready to hit a group of men and women, and they are going to burn brightly for the Lord. God has always used fire to start things. And you think about it, Peter's standing at the wrong fire, can't, he's not full of strength, not full of power, denies Christ. But when he, just a few weeks later, is in the house, repentant, when the fire of God hit him, he wasn't ashamed. You know, they said to him then, they said, you're one of his. And he said, no, I'm not. And the people asked on the day of Pentecost, they said, what is this? He didn't go, oh, I don't know. I don't want anything to do with that. He said, this is that. He is on fire now. When the fire of God gets a hold of you, it will put boldness in your spirit. May God begin to raise up some men and women this hour that are on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. And you go back when the Lord... um, got ready to deliver Israel out of Egyptian bondage. What does God do? He takes a 80 year old man that has dried out, has no vision, He's no longer looking for anything. He's on the backside of the desert. His name is Moses. But when God got ready, he said, I'm going to touch this man. I'm going to use him powerfully. I'm going to make him stand in the courts of the enemy that he ran from. What did God do? He set a bush on fire. And when Moses saw that bush and he's standing next to it, God says, Moses, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. What happened there? The fire, (coughs) excuse me, in the bush got in Moses. And when he got on fire by the burning bush, he no longer was discouraged. He was no longer timid. The same man that ran from Pharaoh is the same man that came and stood back in the courts of the enemy and that had chased him out and said, thus saith the Lord, let my people go. See, that's the way God always, um, that's the way he does. When fire gets in you, it will Do something to your spirit. And I believe that what God is doing right now is there is a rebirthing. God, uh, suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. I'm just just kind of thinking of this as I'm talking to you. Uh, When you want to start a fire, and I've done this so many times, you know, you get that spark, and you've got the tinder, and you've got the wood, the kindling, and you got everything ready, and you got that spark. And as soon as you see a little spark, what happens? You blow on it. And when you begin to blow on that spark, how many times have I seen it? It causes that spark to come into a flame and it burns. That's what happened on Pentecost. God needed a fire. He put a spark in that room, and the Holy Ghost, the wind of God, blew. And all of a sudden, 120 people are on fire with God. What was that? The Bible said they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God giveth the utterance. Now, you go back to Uh, I think it's in Jeremiah, the Lord says this, is not my word like a fire? Can you see the, the connection here that when God sets you and me on fire in the Holy Ghost, then the word of God that's in us, Christ in us, begins to come out and this is when he said is my, my word goeth forth and burneth up all my enemies. The word of God when you are on fire becomes your weapon and you begin to speak hallelujah when you begin to speak the fire of god begins to come out of your mouth and it begins to burn the enemies it begins to burn the devil's intentions it begins to it begins to burn the the bondages off of people off of your children off of your health off of your finances off of your marriage and god burns in you and you begin to speak the word of the lord so i want to encourage you Pray like I'm praying. Oh, God, set me on fire. Lord, this is no time for the church to be timid. This thing about, well, we want to be sedate and we want to be reverent. Listen, when you get in battle, it doesn't matter what you look like. You're not worried about your appearance. You're not worried about, am my clothes just right? Did they got a crease? Is there a spot on them? No, sir. You are involved in battle. Make God so set us on fire in the church that we quit worrying about what we look like, what we sound like. And God consume us. Our God is a consuming fire. And for the last days, God is setting you on fire, me on fire, the church on fire. Because the devil hates fire. It's gonna be his final resting place, the lake of fire. God starts the church on fire, he will end the church on fire. He will destroy the devil in fire, hallelujah, because our God is a consuming fire. Well, God bless you. Uh, I pray this sets you on fire. I hope you have a great week. Uh, I'll see you next Sunday at regenerationnashville.org. And I just want to take a moment. Our conference is coming up, and we're real close And I I know that we're already sold out and and we've had several thousand register, but we have several hundred people that still want to come. So if it looks like circumstances or something or uh, have come up and you're not going to be able to attend the conference, but you've already registered for the conference, I'm asking that you would just email uh, regenerationnashville.org and say, I'm releasing my seats because I'm not going to be able to make it. And so uh, it would be great for those that that wanna come and can't, and I'm sorry if something's happened, you can't come, but please just take a moment, let us know so we can allow somebody else to come. It's gonna be a great conference, mighty powerful move of the Lord. Uh, I'll see you then, God bless you, and may your day be blessed.